0: Coming up on Smash That Glass.
1: Get everyone, look at my foot long!
2: (laughs) Think of the herpes. And you've ruined it for me, I hope you're happy with yourselves. (laughs) Call me Bubble, darling, everybody does!
0: Welcome to Smash That Glass, a celebration of the women that get shit done in music, entertainment, pop culture and throughout history. I'm your host Candy Machine and I'm here with Jupiter. Hello! I'm here with Super Cats. <laughs> and I'm here with Acid X Pearl. Oi, oi. Welcome everybody to the sick cast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Two of us are uh, very poorly this week so <laughs> huge apologies for the uh, mouth breathing that you might get.
2: I have a deviated septum.
0: I also have a deviated septum
3: too.
4: Oh, that means you get a free nose job. A free nose job. Yeah, if you have a deviated septum, you can just So everyone says, isn't it? It's what all stars say. If they got a deviated septum oh. and then they come in, they have the most beautiful tiny little anime nose ever. And they're like, Oh I had a deviated septum <laughs> And then they're like, perfect nose. Like um Ashley Tisdale. Titsdale. Titsdale. Oh. Wow. Yeah, she had a nose job, didn't she? So if I've got
2: deviated tits, can I use that as an excuse? I've got deviated tits, Uh, what's the deviation? Yeah, try it, why not? Please try (laughs) it and
1: and tell us what happens. Well, the thing is, one of mine is
0: headed south and the other is headed southwest, which is a bit of an issue. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: That's fun. Oh, no, they're split.
1: Different postcodes. Yeah,
2: yeah, they've had an (laughs) argument.
1: (laughs) Told you you should have made money off them while you were, while you could.
4: One of them clearly owes
0: money to the other one, that's what it is. Absolutely, (laughs) they are avoiding
4: each other. I went to go see Megan. Did you? Yeah, it was good. Well, it wasn't good, it was actually really, really terrible. But in such a funny way. Absolutely hilarious. That's what (laughs) you want in a horror though, isn't it? Oh yeah, like it, it It didn't deserve to be, I think it's a 15, it did not deserve to be a 15. I
0: think from it what I heard they'd done an extra, like a, a gory cut that was like a proper horror film because, you know, in the advert she did the kind of funny dance sort of thing. They were sort of like yeah. all the 12 and 13 year olds on TikTok are going to want to do this dance and they're oh. going to watch this film, so they're like we need to tone it down a bit. So apparently yeah, that's There was
4: why. hardly any violence in it at all. Was it funny? Like were people in the cinema actually
1: laughing? Because I saw that dance yeah. scene, and it looks like it goes on forever, like it's, ages. It's,
4: it's just so it's so fucking random, and some of the acting, especially from the guy that owns the company that makes these like Hasbro esque toys, he's such a bad actor. Oh so no, bad. <laughs> so bad. But it's so stiff. It's hilarious. I think like the worst worst stiff. horror
1: film we've ever seen in the cinema was Old. That oh is, god that was terrible it's the same just like really ropey acting and like literally like <laughs> the first open in five minutes they're like oh is it time moving first and aren't you growing up <laughs> it was just from the wait outset You're like, you sing when you're older <laughs> <laughs> oh god it was so bad
4: so it's megan like the same lines though yeah stiff crap acting not so much from like the little girl that's in it the one that gets megan as her friend she's quite good and the cool hip aunt that works for the like tech company, she she's alright. I've seen her in a couple of other films. And she's alright. But everyone else is just <laughs> terribly shit. Really shit. What does it do differently really far- from the child's play films? Do they differ from the child's play films? Yeah, like how do how do they differ? Um I would probably say the 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 comedy in this is a lot more slapstick right like genuinely slapstick stupid comedy and like um, there are some creepy bits mine like the way she walks like there's a no no spoilers or anything but there's a, a, a moment in the film when she's chasing someone there's loads of gifts and memes about <laughs> it and the way that she like moves is very ring-esque like oh i hate ring. that very much like that, but in a robotic way, and it's how they've done it is incredible. And actually, we googled afterwards how they made Megan, like how they made her look the way she does. And uh, she is actually played by a little girl. Yeah, I've seen the uh, little which is girl. Quite cool. Yeah, yeah. So how they do it's it's very very clever in that sense. Like you, you she looks perfectly like a robot. It's very uncanny like valley,
1: isn't
4: it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very it's, it's worth a watch, but don't go into it thinking. There's going to be loads of jump scares because there's not. Oh, good. <laughs> there's going to be loads of gore. There is not. um It is literally just a piss take, and it's very self-aware that it's daft. Right. So yeah, but it's worth the watch. Worth the watch. I wait, I'll wait till it Google. streams.
0: I think. So you would you say yeah. it's like baby's first horror film?
4: Yeah, definitely. One to go and see with your teenage friends. Wait we so stream first... it. I think we should cinema it. Come on, teenagers. There's been like no
0: films out. Yeah. What was your first horror film that you saw?
2: Mine was, I don't know about first horror film, but the first film, when you, when you said horror film, watching with your friends, mine was um, is it The Descent. With the oh. oh,
0: that's the one where they go down into the cave, isn't it? Yeah, into
2: the cave and then the mole people find it. oh my God. <laughs>
0: Do you know what? That film is scary enough without the fucking weird goblins. Like just, yeah. just them going just... in those horrible claustrophobic environments. That was
1: bad enough. Oh
2: well, I haven't seen it. No, watch that really really scary. It and is I remember scary. my friends and I for some reason used to stay up late on a Saturday night when we were like 14 and on a loop watch girl interrupted. <gasps>
1: I love that film so much. It was. It was I remember we watched. I think
2: over the course of a couple, of like maybe about two or three years, I think we watched it about ten times. Just, just seemed to always be in the background.
1: I think my uh, first first horror film with my friends, like like the same age, was that what What Lies Beneath, and I can't really remember it. But it's like oh, with Harrison Ford. Is that who is in it? Like I literally can't. I just remember yeah, there's like sure. wife and husband, or like girlfriend and boyfriend, maybe. Yeah, and like he That's killed enough. his girlfriend. But, like, there's a scene in a bath, and I honestly swear to God, I didn't have a bath for, like, two weeks. Like, I'd shower, <laughs> but I would not get in the bath because I was so scared. And I had to be, like, to your friends, like, well, awesome. I'm not even scared. But I was, like, crying on the inside, and they definitely put me off baths. So Maybe I should watch it to do with it again. the lake, isn't it? I
4: really can't. It's something
1: to do, she... she's in the lake oh, or something, yeah, isn't it? A big... I, like, really can't remember, but I just remember, oh. like, I just remember there was a bath scene, and I was like, well, that's me not having a bath now for two weeks.
0: It was a while before I had a bath after watching um, Freddy.
3: Nightmare on Elm Street, the
0: first one, because there was a bath scene in that one too. That was actually one of the first horror films I watched that actually scared me. Like the first Nightmare on Elm Mm -hmm. Street is still scary, and I watched it whilst I was—I think I was fourteen or fifteen—and I was by myself babysitting this kid, and (laughs) the the parents had Sky TV and we didn't, so I just watched everything fucking shit myself I was too scared to walk back home afterwards in case Freddy was there but the first one I watched was Poltergeist and I think that's quite a good Ooh. like baby's first horror film as well because it's yeah. not so it's kind of adventurous as well as scary like there are scary yeah. moments and I think probably if you saw it back in the day it was scary but not so much my mum
4: was terrified of Poltergeist so, oh yeah.
0: it is a banger well there's this all this like rumors of have you heard like of the curse of Poltergeist no. So apparently the film itself was cursed, because all of these, it was just surrounded by bad luck, and all these cast members died subsequently, oh including the little girl that was in it. Um, no, yeah, there's all sorts of sorts of weird events that took place, but they were saying that. Um, so you, do you remember the scene where the um, they where the, it's kind of like the storm comes in and the pool outside floods and there's it's full of mud and everything, and all these skeletons pop out. Well, um, apparently, the, those were real skeletons because it was cheaper and easier to source real skeletons than it was oh, to get. I think you saying made. that. That's disgusting. I know. I don't know whether it's true or not, but that is the rumour.
2: That cannot here. be true. The amount I don't of like, know. paperwork you would have to complete. And props departments, you could rent skeletons in props departments, surely. You would think so, but then. I, I don't think this was something they declared. They didn't say
0: yes. These are real skeletons. I th- think they were like, no. Do you think perhaps, do you think perhaps they
4: skeletons? allow? Yeah. Do you think- don't spoil it for us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we
4: want them to be real. We wish them
2: real. I think maybe they're telling you that it's real to make it scary. Maybe the legend of the movie is what makes it scary rather than the movie itself. I think yeah. I think
0: there is a lot of that going on. But that said, there, there were quite a lot. I think what actually. Yeah, so the little girl in it died. She was um, she was unwell for a long time. But also, I think the girl that played the older sister was murdered or something. It was, it, yeah, really super creepy, and yeah, lots of uh, lots of weird things. So yeah, Poltergeist, my first horror film. Mine was Sleepy Hollow.
4: Oh, is that a horror? It <Well>, is <isn't> great. <laughs> it is when you. I was literally nine years old, so. I wasn't allowed to watch anything scary because my mum was terrified of scary films. So Aww. anything scary was off in our house. But I had a friend, whose parents, looking back with absolute stoners. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I used to go over to his house and I'd stay the night all the time. We were best buddies. And um, the one night we stayed up and watched Sleepy Hollow because his mum and dad were like, yeah, watch what you want. And I was so scared. And he was like, hey, this is like... You can laugh at this, and then we started laughing. Like, he'd point bits out and make me laugh at it.
3: Aww. And after
4: that, I was like, ah, oh, horror's fine. That was it.
2: Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. I wish someone taught me that.
1: No. Joe jo did a good one for me, not not horror film, but I'm just a big baby on roller coasters, and she's like, if you scream before the drop, you're fine. So now every time I are on a roller coaster, I'm like, should I scream now? And she's like, yes. I'm like, ah! <laughs> and it works. <laughs> Do you know how I found that out? Is
0: When I was younger, I went skydiving once, and they were like, sometimes as soon as you jump out of the plane, you, com- you lose your breath, like your lungs kind of lock up. And they're like, if that happens, you just need to scream, like you need to shout as loud as you can. So it's like, hmm, maybe this will work on roller coasters, and sure <coughs> enough it does. So, it, top tip, if you don't like that drop sensation on a roller coaster, scream just before you're about to go down, and you don't get that Ugh! kind of feeling in your stomach. Get honest out. To, honest to God, it works. But did you ever see any films that weren't supposed to be scary, that scared the bejesus out of you when you were younger? Like a really stupid Th- moment. Three, three men and a little lady. Really? Because there's a, there's a ghost in the window in the house. That is right. Yeah, I've, heard, I've seen that as well. It was um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for me. And it wasn't the scary tunnel bit either. It was the bit where the girl turns into the blueberry.
1: Oh, <laughs> I've fr- like, got a friend from college and he was sick at that. Yeah.
3: So you're I not the first it, person to say it. that.
1: And I wouldn't eat sweets or anything
2: <laughs> after,
0: after It was horrible. I hated it.
2: I, re- I remember Return to Oz... Oh. I watching at a very oh, young age. Oh, that's
1: so scary. Is that with the monkeys and I wasn't... on, like, wheels? Yes. yes. And
2: and the, the evil queen that can choose her head from a different cabinet. I wasn't scared by it, but I remember everyone in my family being scared. But I think because it wasn't actually meant to be a horror, I just found it really fascinating. I didn't... I wasn't <laughs> frightened by it. I struggle with, like, psychological horrors. Mm. I remember oh. being... I mean, obviously, Girl Interrupted kind of fucks with your head for, like, a day or so. Um, But Donnie Darko... Yeah. Watching that as like a hormonal no. teenager and watching that I think you just like I was quite depressed for a couple of days after that I think <laughs> It really like psychologically like screwed with my head a little bit
0: Yeah do you know what? I saw that at midnight at a midnight showing and it was just about three of us in the cinema because no one had heard of it at that time And then the um, song came out and everyone was like oh what's that from Donnie Darko and then the the film exploded But yeah i'd I'd heard from a couple of friends in the states go watch this film it's insane you just you won't understand what's going on it's amazing um so yeah there was like one showing at midnight
1: we went to see it yeah very very good and then it exploded i I feel like that's another (laughs) film i need to watch i watched it in college and i just my memory just doesn't hold films like i just i feel like i could watch that and be like oh this is all new i think it's like one of those films where you take something different from
0: it every time you watch it as well or like you'll notice a little something something that you didn't notice before
2: yeah what about when you were a kid and you watched like Disney films were there any scary points as a very young child that you were... like for example whenever i watched beauty and the beast and she goes over to the west wing and he tells her he like he like She's in, she's in his room and she's looking around and then he kind of there's a bit of a jump scare when he like yells at her to get out and she's running, like that always scared me when he used I used to wince because I'm not very I'm not very I am not very good with men yelling like if men raise their voice at me it really freaks me out I don't like it I think that's kind of where it started from
0: this beast I don't think any Disney films for me but I did go and see the Little Mermaid at the cinema with my cousin and she cried at Ursula
2: (gasps) (laughs) wait you saw the Little Mermaid. That came out in like ninety. Yes, yeah, so you don't need to work out. Eighty nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it came out before I was born. Jupiter, <laughs> You're not that much older than me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think um, I think it was probably the first film I saw at the cinema. Actually, Aww, but yeah, she, she cried. cried. Yeah. Ursula, what a queen! Do
2: you know what I remember? Um, I remember being taken. There was someone, some girl in our, sc- our class. It was her birthday, and her parents decided to take. Um, her um, and a group of friends to the cinema. And looking back, I I understand why they probably did it. It's probably very expensive to take a group of kids to the cinema. But what they what they did is they took us to the cinema to see uh Fairy Tale, the movie about, you know, the whether or not fairies exist. But it was kind of like a bit grown up considering we were all about six. So it was quite a grown-up movie and it was sort of partly in black and white as well. Or I remember it in black and white anyway. And I remember sitting there and it was like really exciting. We go going to the movies, uh, you know, really, really excited. And then we get there and, and the movie's a bit boring. And then and then I'm like, well, there's no snacks. And then the parents pass around a bottle of water for us all to share between us. Oh. And um, that was it. There were no popcorn, no little snacks, anything like that. And I totally get that it's expensive. I totally get that. But you could sneak in like some jellied sweets in your pocket or something like that for the kids, you know. Or at a least a bit. bottle of
0: water each, maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe that, even yeah. like a bottle of water each, but it was like it was like three, three or four of us and we all shared a bottle of water and watched a black and white film when we were six. Did one of you have
0: chicken pox by any chance? Because was this like a secret chicken pox party that parents do you think,
1: used to think No, th- no, <laughs> no
2: I, I, I think the parents probably just either, you know, we're, were trying to do a birthday on a budget or they were, you know, maybe just really dull people who thought that that was okay. Maybe they <laughs> take still six take year
1: bottles of water to the cinema now.
2: It's perfectly fine to to, to it's t- <laughs> t- totally fine to drink water when you're at the cinema, but if you're if you're taking a load of kids to a birthday party at a cinema and like really gassing them up about it, take them to see a kid's film.
1: You know? <laughs> take them you know bring a bottle of water each. I don't know. Cinema trips are all about the snacks as well, let's be honest. And this was
2: like back in the early nineties when it was wasn't too expensive to go to the cinema, you know?
1: And Panda Pops for ten P.
0: Mm. There's no yes.
2: excuse
0: for that. <laughs> Absolutely, no I mean, excuse
2: if you take like, there's a, a fredo each, you know.
1: Free, yeah. Free kids to the cinema now might, you know, maybe the bottle of water would be handy, but yeah, free yeah mortgage but, time. No. <laughs> The thing is, if you have a
0: bottle of outside water now, they'll get you on the cameras, won't
1: they? They will come charging in.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I took ten Nando's chicken wings in yesterday. I, gonna, I
1: don't actually think they care anymore, do they? If you take your own snacks in, I swear. Like, I don't think so. But they do come in well, with Mo the binoculars got, every Mo now got and again. Stung
4: on that one. What was that? So we went to go and we went to go and see a film, and we bought Subway sandwiches, and Mo was feeling really, really gutsy, so wanted a foot long, <laughs> and I wanted a six inch. Ahem. So I had, um, I ate my sandwich on the way to the cinema and he was like, I'm going to eat mine in there and had it in his hand. And I was like, they won't let you in with a Subway sandwich. The man is going to tell you off. So I was like shoving mine down. He was like, no, it's fine. It's not like that anymore. And then we literally walked in. They were like, so you're going to have to get that outside. And I was like, I told you. But then yesterday, I put them in my bag and it was fine. I was snacking on my chicken wings. I think as long as you're
1: discreet, they're not going to bother, are they? I guess if you walk in with mm. it like, all ballsy and like, it's swinging hot, it around smelly your food, then they're going to say, what he's doing, like,
2: swinging it. <laughs> look at everyone, look at my foot long. <laughs> do you remember, uh, Candy, do you remember, maybe I was with you, maybe maybe not, but I remember going to the movies at Western Supermare Odeon and it was quite empty and I was seeing Ella Enchanted. <laughs>
1: That was not with me. <laughs> that was definitely with Candia. Please, just keep that dream going. <laughs> but someone was, like, two rows behind us smoking weed in the cinema. <laughs> that sounds like the audience,
2: doesn't what, it? to
4: Ella Enchanted?
2: <laughs> to watch Ella Enchanted <laughs> smoking weed. And I also remember... Oh, oh, God. I also remember when um one of the... the one of the Twilight movies came out and like one of the final ones like part one or two or something and I'd gone to go see it in the movies and I was so excited because I don't read books ever the only oh god this is embarrassing the only books I've ever read and completely finished are the Twilight sagas, only ones I've ever read <laughs> <laughs> and because I worked at the call center at the time I got through them but so when the movie came out I was really excited to see the movie and when i was there it was you know it was it was twilight you know everyone took the piss out of it but i kind of enjoyed it and then there was a load of people sat behind us just taking the piss out of the movie the whole time just just absolutely out loud taking the piss and i totally get that it's not everyone's cup of tea but you've paid to be in the cinema and watch this film and out loud ruining it for everyone by taking the piss i, I don't like that and afterwards i was so mad that i told them off i turned around <laughs> and went all of you look at me. You've (laughs) ruined this for me. I was really looking forward to this. I have, i read the books. I don't read books. I'm dyslexic. But I read the books. I was so excited
4: to see this film. And you've ruined it for me. I hope you're happy with yourselves. (laughs) And They they were so... Your massive tattoo of Jacob and Edward (laughs) on your back. (laughs) (laughs) This is how much
0: I love them. (laughs) Whoosh. I actually got caught going to see, um, I went to see it. It was the final Twilight film and I'd gone... And you it got was when caught I was, seeing it yeah it was when i lived in la It's like right i'm gonna go to the cinema by myself who am i gonna see i'm in a foreign country no one's gonna catch me <laughs> so i sat down got comfort, got t- comfortable got my sweets out and then i hear from like two seats down joe <laughs> joe and it was one of my very few friends that i had in la at the time and they would both sneaked in as well and they got a hip flask to take a shot every time like certain things happened on screen they're like do you want to see <gasps> this? I'm like yeah don't tell anyone though like, you li- neither should you, <laughs> so you oh yeah rumbled. yeah
2: I'm here like unironically as well <laughs> yeah I, oh, absolutely
1: I like that Jupiter comes for um Harry Potter adults but has just openly admitted all our <laughs> Twilight love laugh. <laughs> He's looking at you okay, Mrs no, hang Cullen a minute.
2: Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I don't wear Twilight pyjamas. I bet you do. Twilight I stationery. Do. <laughs> I don't have, like, you know, Twilight posters or, or like, Twilight mugs. I don't I don't have the merch all over my house. Yeah. And I haven't watched Twilight since it came out. I just enjoyed it at the time. <laughs> I have, okay, admittedly, I have watched all through it about a, two years ago. And I remember thinking, okay, the first one on its own as a movie, great. Like, it just, it, it, it kind of just, it... It just pinpoints a particular time in, like, my adolescence. That movie. Okay. The rest of it, yeah, complete garbage. It's really bad. <laughs> I, I totally get it. I'm
4: going to get you Twilight, Twilight, Twilight pyjamas. The one with the demon, the demon child. Oh, God. It's yeah. Really
2: bad CGI of yeah. the face. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I, I showed Gadget and he went, what the hell is that? And I went, oh, it's okay. Don't worry. The wolf's imprinted on the baby now. It's, no, it's fine. He's like, what? No. It's also where I, I sit and watch Call the Midwife because I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> and Gadget sits there and goes, What on earth are you watching? And I was like, Oh, well, I just tell him the storyline for that week's episode because it's so depressing. Why are you watching this? Like, because the music's uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, I hear we've
0: got quite a lot of feedback today, so I think we're just going to stomp on with the main show. But before we do move on, just a bit of regular housekeeping. Smash that glasses and modern escapers and network production. We currently have a lineup of four regular podcasts, which include our main show, Modern Escapers, and Do Dragons Dream with Scorchy, which is a live D and D playthrough, and Deep Dive Lounge by Oodles, which starts again anytime time now. I think. In fact, I think he's in the process of recording as we speak. I should say as well, this is our last show, lads.
1: Way.
2: It's been it real. Is. We're like a yep. limited BBC series. I like that we've done six because it's like. Yeah, limited BBC series. Bite-sized. Like yeah.
0: We're like a commodity.
2: Leave them wanting more.
0: If you head over to modernescapism.co.uk, you'll find all our social links and contact details and our Discord. And for £7.50 a month, you'll find all four of our podcasts, plus any specials, ad-free, a few days early, in our case, completely uncensored as part of the Biggie Bundle on Patreon. That's at least 11 podcasts per month. And if you're a new listener, I urge you to check out our sister podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts and YouTube, always oh, forget it. <laughs> I've been greedy this week. I've brought two. I've brought two people. Who has heard of Skyrim Grandma? Hey, oh, Shirley Curry, aka the Skyrim Grandma. Shirley's famous for her YouTube channel, where she plays. Uh, she basically just plays Skyrim and creates her own, her own stories for her watchers. Um, with the characters she's created so she doesn't play through Skyrim start to finish she just goes on a little adventures and tells the story to her listeners and she famously starts all of her videos by saying hello grandchildren oh, it's absolutely the most oh, adorable wholesome thing, thing. <laughs> and the fascinating thing about Shirley is she's an impressive 86 years young God bless her. Oh, bless her. She started gaming when her son taught her how to play the 1996 turn-based strategy, Civilization II, and she joined YouTube in 2011, and in 2015, she uploaded her first Skyrim video. By 2020, she had almost a million subscribers.
3: Good morning, grandkids. The first video I uploaded was because the handful of subscribers I had at the time kept at me and kept at me to record my own gameplay. I thought I like to talk so I can do this. So I did. And then I went to bed and just didn't think any more about it. Hi, this is Grandma Shirley, and I'm playing Skyrim. And I thought I'd like to take you along with me if you'd like to go. Somebody took it and put it on Reddit and it went viral. The next morning when I got up and turned on my computer and opened my email, there was thousands of emails on there. And it scared me and it made me cry and I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Most of the comments were nice, but those first few weeks, I got a lot of nasty uh, comments. They would say things like, you don't belong, I'm here. And then some would say, why aren't you sitting in a rocking chair knitting? I said, I don't like to knit. (laughs) And then some of them was really downright vulgar. So I learned to answer them politely, like a grandmother would say something to a child that didn't have any brains. (laughs) And and uh, eventually they learned to treat a grandmother with respect instead of the way they were acting and it just became a fun place to be then talking with them and i never never get anything bad anymore um (laughs) that's
2: cool
0: after her followers started a petition to include her in the next installment in the elder Scrolls series bethesda themselves reached out to her she visited Bethesda Game Studios, where she met director Todd Howard and the creative 3D team. Mapped her face, so the actual like proper photo mapping, to include her in the next game. So she is actually going to be in Elder Scrolls Six when she, uh, oh, she is. when it finally comes out. I dearly hope that she'll get to see herself, because the one wish she has is that she will be able to play Elder Scrolls Six before she dies. And actually, she has had a few health-related issues um, in the last year or so. She actually had a stroke in her sleep um a couple of months ago and she lost the ability to play skyrim for a while like she was really struggling but she seems to be back on her 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 channel's back and she's still there saying hello grandchildren to all her followers so i hope she sticks around for another couple of years
1: oh absolutely that's That's a big thing for them to get it done (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that is so wholesome like imagine that being your grandma like my grandma brought an ipad because her printer broke that's what I'm working with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Skyrim grandma, I think she has something like 10 grand- grandchildren. And she does have great grandkids as well. So she just, in a sea of what feels like a complete just wasteland of toxicity, I think sometimes she's a bit of a shining light for us all and just real wholesome content as well. And her her followers as well. If you look at her YouTube comments, it's very rare that you'll see any trolls because yeah. even the trolls are like, hold up, that's our grandma you're speaking to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so they all come to our <laughs> rescue.
0: She's, a, she's got oh. a bit of sass as well. Like, she's a sassy old bird. I remember she, um, she had a bit of a strop one time because people didn't understand that she knew... She knows how to play Skyrim. She knows where everything is in the game. She's played it multiple times. And a lot of her viewers didn't realise that she was telling her own story rather than playing a game. So when people would say, you need to open that chest... That's in there, or you need to go over here. That's where the next part of the story is. She's sort of like, I know, but my character does not know that. We're playing, I'm telling a story here. Oh! So it finally got got to her once, and she, uh, yeah, she's dropped off for a month or so, but she's back happily. Just absolute face of sunshine. My main choice this evening um, is a woman that's just too fucking cool for this earth. And I've spoken about her briefly before on Modern Escapism and that is the composer and conductor Ema Noon. Ema's a award-winning video game music composer and producer, and you can hear her work in Overwatch, Diablo III, World of Warcraft, and The Legend of Zelda 25th Anniversary CD, Um, and the following Symphony of the Goddess tour, um, for which she composed a special arrangement of Zelda music. She's conducted the Philadelphia Orchestra, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, the Sydney Symphony, and the Danish National Symphony Orchestra, among others. In February 2020, she became the first woman to conduct at the Oscars, leading the orchestra in excerpts from the five nominated film scores. And the way I came to hear of her was last year, and my mum and I, we went to go see video games in concert at the Royal Abbott Hall. We often, uh, we've been to the Final Fantasy one before... This year we're going to John Williams versus Hans Zimmer, so we like to do an Albert Hall trip. Mm. But I, my personal favourite ones are the uh, are the video game ones, and I know the music from the games. My mum doesn't know the music at all, but she can be there and appreciate it and listen to the orchestra, and it's just a really good atmosphere. And just there's nothing quite like feeling the orchestra proper like belt through you. You know, there's something to, you can actually feel it rather than just hear it. But yeah, we'd gone to this video games in concert show and when the conductor came on I was surprised and delighted to find out that not only was it a woman but she wears this like stunningly gorgeous red steampunk inspired outfit and it's kind of like this uh, red leather overcoat black leggings, she just, you have to look her up on the internet because her outfit is just absolutely cool as fuck, just completely badass as hell, goals, goals across the boards. Um, she's had a more, more than a fair share of discrimination during her career. As of 2018, of the top 150 orchestras in the world, only four were led with, by women. Wow. In 2016, Maris Janssen, Royal Philharmonic Society gold medal recipient, stated, women on the podium aren't my cup of tea. It, <gasps> in her early career, when she finally met a conductor that she looked up to and worshipped, he told her that she didn't have a chance basically that she had three things going against her and that was that she was young that she was irish and that she's female wow so a that little is... bit of uh, nationalism there as well to throw in in 2017 uh, vasily petrenko of the royal liverpool philharmonic said that men make better conductors musicians get distracted by a cute girl on the podium <gasps> This This is is for real. That's what I mean. That's not Like, people genuinely have these thoughts. I know. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's baffling.
3: Maestros, everything you do, I have done seven months pregnant and in heels. I don't need rest. I don't want to waste a second. But I love every minute of it.
0: So, in the film Mozart and the Jungle, Ema was consulted directly to help coach the lead actress in her experiences on what it's like to be a woman on the podium. She's just faced it all, like, she was, I was reading, I was actually watching an interview, and she said when she was in college, a student in the year above said to her, Who do you think you are? Who on earth do you think you are setting up an orchestra? Because, you know, she'd set up her own orchestra, and she was ready to go. So, yeah, all of these quotes are from very recent memory like within the last 10 years and to that i say should be fucking ashamed Mm -hmm. and more fool them as well for missing out on on potentially years and years of talent like give your heads Mm -hmm. a wobble just get things changed because this kind of thing should not still be happening not in 2015 not in 2016 not in 2017 get things changed like be man enough to take instructions and guidance from a, from a woman and maybe you would realise that you have missed out on years of talent. Well,
2: use their, own, use their own logic against them. I mean, oftentimes men say, you know, women are distracting, women are um, emotional is usually the, the term that they've got. But isn't music about expressing emotion? Of course if it is. If you think that bringing a woman on as a, a conductor is going to take away from the experience, you might well be wrong. It would probably add to it. Because you would have their experience, their background, and oftentimes people who are a minority often have a different point of view and a fresh take to show you. If you want change, if you want something interesting, do something different. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Just stop living in this, you know, stuffy, probably white guy. I don't want to say Mm -hmm. it, but we know it's true. You know,
2: boomer stage Ugh, I, I live with one of them i live with a white guy Ugh. <laughs> cis white Ugh, male. Gross. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> i remind him all the time he's a white male <laughs> what do you know
0: <laughs> but um she made this really beautiful and inspiring speech about her career and her experiences as, as, as a keynote speaker in dublin's international women's day celebration in 2018 um and if I can suggest one piece of hers to listen to, it's Malak from World of Warcraft. It's this really beautiful haunting piece of music.
2: I'll add it, I'll add it to my playlist now. Add it to your I playlist. playlist. Yeah, I'm writing
0: <laughs> I will probably drop a bit of music in here, but I will say, Blizzard, please do not sue us. I know you love to sue people, but please we're just <laughs> showing off your people's talents. So I'm gonna drop a little bit in here. Please be nice. that's uh, Malak from World of Warcraft I've always said that for me the music can make a great uh, make or break a game some soundtracks just make the hair on your arms just really stand up and Malak is one of those pieces Um, and take for example I talked about it last week Um, take for example the game Journey I don't think that would have been such a moving and powerful game had it not been for its soundtrack Mm -hmm. or recently the theme for God of War Ragnarok oh Oh my god that goes straight through you'd like it's uh bear mccreary is the um is the composer on that one and he's done multiple multiple soundtracks including i think he worked on lord of the rings and you'll see his name cro- crop up time and time again but oh that the main theme from uh ragnarok even if you haven't played the game give it a listen but also do play the game because it's bloody fantastic
2: music from last of us i watched the first episode on monday yeah oh, actually, last night it came out on monday uh, and that music's beautiful. It took me yeah. right back. And also, I re- realised that when I watched Gadget play through The Last of Us, it was pre-pandemic, so it was really weird watching it post-pandemic. Yeah, that's a good point, thinking, actually. Because oh, when it, this it first, is weird.
0: Yeah, it first came out, was it uh, 10 years ago, I think? Well,
2: Probably 2012, about. it first came out, and then it was re-released in 2014, 15, wasn't it? It was released just before the play, the, the PS4 came out. Originally, yeah, the last it big was... last big games of the PS3, yeah,
0: yeah. and then it was um, re-released PS4. I can't remember when, but it was sometime later. It was like
2: 2014,
0: then, um, 2015. Yeah, and then there's a is there a PS5 version now?
4: Yes, yeah, they've made the characters like Tess and whatever look like they do in Last of Us Part. Look, not Tess, um Ellie. That's right. Um, yeah. And the others look more like what they <clears throat> do in oh last of us part sure. two yeah so it's there's a bit more continuity if you wanted to play one and two now which
0: you should It would look
4: like the same game in one big flow yeah i, but I yeah. highly recommend that as well
0: but yeah absolutely beautiful haunting just acoustic guitar music and that's like just one instrument sometimes is all it takes to be effective another beautiful score is ori and the blind forest and ori and will of the wisps as well that's a really um sort of ethereal sounding if you could if you could imagine the sound of a rainforest it would be that and it's it's really pretty. I've never completed any of the Ori games and I just know that it's a heartbreaking game just from the soundtrack. It's stunning. If you want to know a bit more about Emanoon, you can find uh I don't know if it's still going but you can probably certainly find it on Catch Up. You can find her on Classic FM uh the Classic FM show High Score which features orchestral arrangements of video game music. And apparently a documentary about her life is currently in production as well. So that would be one oh, that's to Oh, cool. Yeah, one to watch. But oh my God, she's just so cool. Absolute woman crush. Just have a look at her outfit. She's. She... I, I googled a picture of her. She looks
4: really fucking cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was just so excited as well. Because I was excited to go to the show. And um, we, we were, me and my mum were sat down. And uh, the conductor, uh, conductor came on. And I, I nudge my and said, like,
2: it's a girl, it's a girl, it's
3: a girl,
2: it's a girl! <laughs> Could you put together a Spotify playlist of all these songs? Oh, I, I But like all the ones that you to. like, the ones that you think that people should know about from different games and put it together in a, a little Spotify playlist so that anyone who maybe doesn't pay attention to this can like just sit and listen to the playlist that you have created. Curated. Funnily enough be a little conductor of yourself. Yeah,
0: funnily enough, I have got a little tiny curation on the go at the moment and I'll share it with you all, but I'll add more. It's uh it's in uh it's in production at the moment, shall we speak? Um, <laughs> but yeah, you don't have to you don't have to be a fan of video games to appreciate music. What would you what would you call your compilation? Oh, it's called video game bangers. <laughs> I'll think of <laughs> think of a better name for it. <laughs> I mean it sums it up. It's uh, bangers from video games. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's my two uh, women of note this week and uh sorry i've been greedy with it but before we went out with a bang i wanted to mention these two lovely ladies because both cool as hail so general feedback yeah so i i asked i didn't ask for a particular question this week i just wanted to know your
4: general feedback about the show Hmm. so stig said it's been great listening I've really enjoyed finding out about some of the women in history and you all have such natural chemistry with each other. Oh. I've enjoyed laughing along to some of the absolute wild stories and I really hope we get more. <laughs> then we've got Zenos. put, nice work, I'll admit there's been a few bits I've had to skip because I can't afford to let my brain get a hold of an image <laughs> in case I can't get it back out again case in point from episode four the javelin neck injury but you've all done a really good solid job with this and it's obvious how much you're enjoying it
0: of all the stories we've told the javelin through
2: the neck is the one he couldn't listen to (laughs) 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 i mean fair enough (laughs) well thank you stig it was really nice to hear that feedback and um yeah i wonder if there's it's i was thinking if there's anything because obviously this is the last episode so is there's anything any kind of funny stories that we've got that we were like, I'm surprised I haven't said this yet.
0: I, I've got one and I'll share it now. And this is one of Acid Pearl's favourites and Acid Pearl's husband's favourites as well.
1: Oh, and I know what it is! <laughs> remember,
0: Jupiter, remember <laughs> you said the other day that you'd booked all your jabs and your things that you have smear
2: to do. Smear test. F- smear test. You can the say smear test. Smear test. So... I need to, to part my legs. I need to be split, clipped and snipped <laughs> and just pop up on the couch Always just popping up isn't it just pop up yeah just pop up just pop up on the couch and pop your legs open and just pop your pop your heels into your bum <laughs> so i uh i had to go
0: to the doctors with uh classic women's problems and uh it's a lady doctor and it was first thing in the morning and i explained what was going on yeah. and she went
2: through all. by my the way listeners um listeners who don't have this. This this happens occasionally. Sometimes you just get random bleed. You just it just randomly happens, and you have to go get it checked out because, yeah. And most of the time, doesn't help. No, it doesn't. And when most of, if you've got a lady doctor, they're quite sympathetic. But sometimes you get a male doctor, and genuinely, even in 2023, you will have a doctor that just goes, hmm, "Women bleed, I guess." They just, yeah, they don't take. They don't. If it's if it's a female problem it never gets taken seriously in my opinion so
0: I had a very lovely female doctor and I can tell you why she was very lovely in a second so she's like right well we can do a smear test for you now if you like we'll just get it all done and send the results off and see we, see how we go and I said um, well, the thing is I'm I'm on my period so I don't know if we can and she said oh is it particularly heavy <laughs> and I replied and said not particularly hairy no, <laughs> no! <laughs> I didn't, it's not like I misheard her. I didn't hear her ask me, is it particularly hairy? I just said hairy instead of heavy. And no. it was like the first floor of a doctor's surgery and I looked at the window and I looked at her and I looked at the window again I was like, can I just jump out? And she was just, Did she was, laugh? She didn't laugh. Did she laugh. I even said to no. her, oh, you can, that was funny, you can laugh at that. There was, there was barely, there was maybe a little twitch at the side of it. She was very professional. But I hope to God at the Doctor's Christmas party, she told that one. I was like, if anything good comes from this story, hopefully she got a bit of mileage from the not particularly hairy, no, not particularly hairy, no. <laughs> we literally say it all the time as well now. <laughs> so that was one of my my most embarrassing but hilarious because do- it was just it just slipped out. Excuse the pun, it just <laughs> slipped out. Not particularly hairy, no. So that's the one story I really did want to share whilst we still had the air.
2: I mean, you know me, I've got loads of embarrassing stories. I've got the uh the Sand Bay fire engine story that I know you all love with the quiche. I'd love I think you should tell the I story. I think you should, because I <laughs> love it. <laughs> with the quiche. I don't <laughs> know it. Buckle up. Um uh, So I was a, you know, you may not know this, but it might be hard to believe, but I was a reasonably promiscuous I'm a teenager, early twenties kind of kind of of person, and um, I was kind of guy, (laughs) and I was um, dating uh, a guy who um, I was uh, to be honest, I was I was going up in the world because I had I was working at B and Q, and I had gone from dating the decor guys to dating the hardware guys (sighs) to dating the kitchen designers. Yeah, I was going up in the world. He designed kitchens. He, He worked with the software. He was fancy. Anyway, um dating this guy, I couldn't get any privacy at home, so we decided to go for a drive round where we lived, which was uh, where I lived, which was where which is also where Candy and Asa Pearl live, which is Western Supermare. And there's an area called Sam Bay and it's um tucked away behind uh well it's behind uphill really, isn't it? Hmm. So it's it, it's quite it's you'll go down the toll road toll road to get there, which is basically a really precarious road that's on a cliff edge uh, in the dark, and quite a lot of people kind of get injured down there because they go a bit too fast and they go straight off the cliff into the sea. There's not you know not a lot of safety. It's quite a scary road, especially if you first learn to drive. People mm. are quite scared to go down that road. Anyway, we drove down there and we ended up going over to um, the Sand Bay, which is a kind of the secondary beach to. Western Supermare um, and there's a, a lot of car parking down there and it's at night and we we go looking for somewhere private so we can just park up, chat, make out in the car. Um, so we find somewhere we park up, we chat, we make out in the car. Popular and dogging then... area as well
1: I hear. It is literally a dogging area.
2: <laughs> well that's the thing so we um, we end up kind of getting into it and a car pulls in and starts flashing their lights at us and we're like oh my god that's so embarrassing we hide under my coat and the car just sits there for ages flashing at us and then eventually kind of does a loop around the car park and then leaves the person in there gets out briefly and then gets back in their car and then leaves and we're like god dodge a bullet thank god for that so you know we we finish up and uh we carry on talking for a bit and then we decide to go home but then when we get to the gate we realize that it's locked that person flashing us wasn't you know, a dodgy person wanted to watch. It was the ranger telling us, we're going to be closing this car park, you better leave. So we were locked in this car park with no signal, um, absolutely nothing. We couldn't get out. It was the middle of nowhere. It's in the dark. It's off peak season, so none of the local hotels or um, and like that are open and we are freaking out. So um, I noticed that there was a bit of a gap in the hedgerow between a tree and a hedge and I, I grabbed some scrap wood that was on the side of the car park and used that to push the bush back and think well we'll just we'll just squeeze out in the hedge that's fine we'll just squeeze the car out through there. Little did I notice that there was a ditch and the car got stuck in the ditch and we were like oh for fuck. So we're stuck in this ditch i'm on the outside he's on the inside um panicking i end up trying to break a branch to try and make the gap wider and that kind of doesn't really work and uh, eventually we kind of concede that we kind of have to ask for help we're stuck i'm out of the car he's in the car he's essentially stuck in a tree because the snapped off branch had gotten caught in the window so the car was wedged against the tree and uh so we end up kind of ringing the emergency services because we didn't know what else to do. Okay, it admitted I was 19, so I just was being stupid. I didn't know. Uh, or maybe I was 18. So we ring the emergency services. They, uh, I say to them, look, it, it is an emergency because we're kind of stuck in a tree um, and um, in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, if someone's in a burning building, please go get them first. <laughs> um, and Anyway, so they, they send, they say, we're sending someone down to come and help you because essentially we need to be cut free. And... um about 15-20 minutes later all I hear are two massive fire engines come screaming (laughs) down the road Because I had given them the location of the toll road or just off of the toll road, they thought that we were stuck in a tree hanging over the cliff. They didn't realise that we were further down in the car park. So they thought, oh my god, these teenagers are about to fall into the cliff. So they sent two fire engines um, and probably about five firemen in each. Uh, They all climb out. They realise what we've done. They kind of go, oh, for fuck's sake, stupid kids. They cut us free and uh, eventually break open the lock of the gate and let us out. And as I'm getting back into the car and he's kind of signing whatever he needs to sign with them, um, I hear one of them go, isn't this the docking car park? And <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Anyway, the next day I had to go to the fire uh, the fire engine, the fire depot thank um, station, thank you. <laughs> I went to the fire station and I had to go and give them some money to pay for the lock. Uh, that we had had to have cut I think it was their way of punishing us and um, I'm always a, I was always raised to be like you don't turn up empty handed so uh, on the way to the fire station I was thinking oh, what do I get what do I get and I I, I I kind of left it all to the last minute and so I ended up grabbing a quiche out of the fridge that my mum had put <laughs> aside for, for dinner, and I just grabbed a quiche and kind of just put it on something to make it look like I made it myself. And like turned up with some money and a quiche and, <laughs> and an apology. I'd <laughs> have been quite chuffed with a quiche. Yeah, like some, someone to run and say, Here's some money for the lock and here's a quiche. <laughs> <laughs> the quiche for your trouble. <laughs> yeah, a a, quiche for a your troubles. guilty quiche. <laughs> and then they all just guilty looked at quiche. me really confused and bemused as to why they have been given a quiche. <laughs>
4: I, mean, I wish fun. I got given a quiche more often.
2: Yeah, really? It wasn't a homemade quiche; it was like a packet quiche as well. It wasn't like a I nice, care, fluffy homemade
1: eat... no, one. No, I, t- I <laughs> take still. I take a cake over a quiche.
0: <laughs> I think the fireman probably would as well, but still, you didn't go empty-handed.
4: <laughs> no, <laughs> I take no. the fireman. Yeah.
0: yeah.
4: Uh, let's have a little look. Where did we get down to? Ah, here we go. So we got plenty. So, Planty said, I've been delighted with the podcast. Although not aimed at me, I've really enjoyed the stories and snort laughed a few times. Most importantly, I've recommended Smash That Glass to my sister and friends. So, hopefully, I've got you a few listeners there.
2: Aww. Well, thank, thank you, Planty. But, actually, it is aimed at you. The whole point of the podcast, we thought, wasn't for other women to listen. So, often, ta- often, all-female podcasts or all-female media it's assumed that it's for women. It's not. Why can't, why can't men listen to an all-female podcast about women? You know, it, you may feel like the stories don't necessarily resonate with you, but actually a lot of this, what we're telling you is, is important for men to know as well as women. So this isn't a female podcast for women to listen to. Like we, we, we originally wanted it as something for men to listen to and be a part of. So yeah, invite your sister, but it's for you too. Hey, listen!
0: Hi folks, Candy here. The following segment contains chat of IVF struggles, fertility issues and miscarriage. If you prefer not to listen, please skip ahead to 1 hour, 6 minutes and 25 seconds. I'll tell
4: you what, like, with, like, you know, I've I've, I've, I've not kept any secrets about it in the Discord, but all the problems that we've had with, with our infertility, um, to be fair, the the most people that have kind of like, DM'd me or, or messaged me or spoken to me um, have actually been been guys mm-hmm. where they've just messaged and said like yeah we've been there you know it's been it, it's been tough keep going um and people have said we're just about to go through it um or we're struggling like and, and asking for help so yeah so i think um some of the stories that we have like uh like even your one candy just then have you sort of you know like a mid what did you say mid 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 midweek midweek weeding <laughs> Like, things like that, there's stuff that that actually if, if you know, your partner or someone like that says, says that they're having the same sort of thing, like, you could probably say, oh, do you know what, there was a lass that I was listening to on my podcast, he said the exact same thing, go get that shit checked out and, yeah. you know, is it hairy? you know
0: <laughs> not particularly <laughs> it doesn't matter if it is hairy they don't mind
4: <laughs> no they don't they've seen although to be fair like i've had so many people look at my chuff over the years now for all this all the stuff that i've been through and i said to one of the nurses oh i bet when you've seen one you've seen so many and she went no i was like oh shit!" say yeah just say oh they all look the same to me love no she was like, Nope, you still get that one or two that terrify you. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no, that's gonna be one who's got
3: teeth in. <laughs> yeah. I so, imagine uh... it's the
2: ones that like most of them you reach into and then they release you. It's the ones that won't release you mm. that are probably terrifying. I if you're like a gynecologist or a or a doctor and you're reaching in and it pulls it pulls you oh, in, I mean, <laughs> that must be terrifying. Yeah. That must be terrifying. <laughs> I don't know, a strong pelvic floor do you might think be they a little bit like, of a pull. an emergency cord or something to pull if
0: that happens? Like if they're going in? <laughs> so, help, help. Oh, they got the bell. <laughs> I, I,
2: I think they have to do what you do in quicksand, like try and grab a, a tree root or what, something. What, take your shoes off and start some floating. Brace. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Like that big light that they shine right don't up Don't panic, there. <laughs> it senses
2: danger, it senses panic. <laughs> do you think that's why they
0: always insist on bringing <laughs> nurses in as well? Like... Uh, uh, Every single time they're like, "Do you mind if we have some student nurses in?" There, a whole like bunch of them come in. Do you think that's actually to form a human chain in, in case <laughs> goes in?
2: Leave leave a trail of breadcrumbs. Led there with your feet and stirrups, just entirely. I, I I don't even give a shit anymore. Like I'm just like, yeah, sure. I I haven't gone through infertility issues. I'm just. A woman with a. C- <laughs> <laughs> I was sat there with my feet in stirrups, and they're like, Do you mind if we bring some students in? I was like, Yeah, if you want to gaggle a people
4: to stir up my shit splitter, sure, that's fine. <laughs> well, we always joke that when, when um, baby was uh, was conceived, there was like, well, there was about seven people in the room, and the closest person to my vagina was an Asian man. <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, so and he was close enough to hear the echo of him talking. So uh, so yeah, it was magical.
2: How how does it work? Is, is is it conceived in the petri dish, or is it conceived?
4: It's, it's it conceived yeah. In so the, day of conception so, so, is actually the old potato baster, uh, potato baster, turkey baster, uh, and yeah. uh, and the egg, and they just and then you
2: watch the cells divide, and then once they've divided enough, and they're and they're happy it. that it's so strong. Then they put the divided days. cells in. Yeah that's literally Tell it you what, for, for our listeners could, would you mind just giving a very quick this is how it works because i hear about fertility stuff all the time but i'm always very curious as to what stage of the party does it does it enter the room you know
4: yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? so you so basically you depend on what kind of well depend on what kind of like thing you go for um so if you're doing like a, a fresh egg collection so you have lots and lots of injections that you got to do timed uh for about two weeks and that makes your body go bloop, and make lots of eggs and then or release lots of in, eggs rather
2: than make them because for, for men well, listening we don't make eggs them.
4: we release them well you you, you develop them mm. so you have follicles um which are these uh. little like sacs, and in each tiny follicle is a little tiny egg so usually when you ovulate you get one follicle that goes bloop, and then out pops an egg and that travels down the fallopian tube and off it goes yeah mm-hmm. but when you go through IVF they stimulate you so they make you make lots of follicles to develop and they measure them every couple of days to see how big they're getting and each follicle once it gets to about 18 millimeters big then uh, that means that 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 egg is probably ripe enough that they can extract it so they count how many eggs are, how many follicles you have and if you have over a certain amount then they go yep yeah, IVF let's go for it so um like I know people that have been hyper stimulated like I was at one point so um so that happened to me once and they wouldn't give me the trigger shocks they were like um because that was when I was I was going through um uh like medication like natural conception which is like it's called timed intercourse so that means that you you stimulate yourself, release the egg, they give you a trigger shot which makes you release eggs and they'll only let you do that if you get stimulated um, uh, a little bit. So that means if you have three or less follicles, otherwise you can end up with multiple babies. So when you go for IVF though, they want you to make as many as possible. So they, they literally get you to make as many as possible. So some ladies, bless them, can make anywhere between 20-30 follicles um, split between the two ovaries. But unfortunately for us, the most follicles we ever had was seven. Um, and then when they went in to collect these eggs, they only ever found out that, uh, that I, I, I didn't make eggs properly. So even when I had seven follicles, I only got two eggs out and they were always shit. Um, so it meant that when they were trying to get them to fertilize, they, they wouldn't because they would divide abnormally and all the rest of it. So so what? Yeah. So what you do is you stimulate yourself and then two weeks later they do a trigger shot. Uh, which has to be on the dot, exactly timed, exactly right. So if they say you do your trigger shot at 10 p.m. on a Saturday, that means that they're going to go in and do the, the the procedure to get them out at 10 a.m. on the Monday. It's down to the minutes. So you have to take it at the right time. Wow. So you go in and they um, put a little, little drip in your hand um, for you to, to have um, uh, all the uh, pain relief and all the rest of it. Um, so they partially sedate you, which, like, I've I've never taken drugs. But uh, the only thing I can compare it to was when they put that stuff in you, you're, you 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 do feel it, because I remember at one point when they were going in, it felt like a popping where they were going into the follicles to retrieve the eggs out, and that was kind of painful. When they get the eggs out, um, and you've literally, while I was in, ha- like, completely off my tits having this done, um, poor old Mary would then have to go into the room, <laughs> and uh, and go and do his, do his deed. And uh, and then he would do that bit knowing, bless him, that I was in the room next door, off my tits. Cause when I was in there, I jet cause it was during COVID and everything and everything was still in lockdown. And I remember being so off my tits. I was like, wow, I'm in a nightclub. <laughs> I remember saying to everyone like, we shouldn't be in here. There's too many people in you. Oh. And they were like, super naughty it's fine. And I was like, no, no, it's way too many people. And they were all wearing like obviously scrubs and Crocs. And I was like, I love your heels. I love your heels. (laughs) And she was like, my love, I'm wearing Crocs. Do you really like them? And I was like, yeah, they're stunning. I
3: love them. So
4: so she wheeled me out. And I was just like, wow, there's so many people in here. And she was like, there's only a couple. so um so that's it then that's day one done you're not allowed to drive for a day after because obviously you've been sedated but the second time i went in they just knocked me straight out the last thing i remember saying was what anesthetic are you using and then they said oh why do you ask and i was like oh i'm an optician i use i use anesthetic out <laughs> and then the next thing i remember was them unfortunately telling us that even though we had seven follicles and we were pinning all our hope on that they said unfortunately we've only got two eggs out again which is what we had from the first round so we were like fuck shit. So that that one ended, and I, don't, I I can remember the bad news, but because I was still like off my tits, um, I, I can't I can't really remember much after that. Apart from walking out, and we had a parking fine because fuck they spent sake. so long trying their best to yeah man. So um so yeah so what you do then the following day you get a phone call, um, and they tell you how many of your eggs have fertilized and how many have died. So first time we had a fifty percent hit, so we got one embryo out of two. Second time we got two for two. And then um, you you basically have a phone call then on day three to tell you if they if any of your embryos have survived to day three. Mm-hmm. So both times we had we had embryos go to day three, but they were really shitty. So when they were dividing, they weren't dividing properly. So they were like they're not going to make it to day five. We just got to chuck them in and hope for the best. So unfortunately, that meant didn't didn't work. Um, so both times um, that we had those implanted, that was it. So I had a really good nurse and she was amazing and she told me after my first round of IVF when I was going through it and none of my eggs were coming up, she said, my love, I think we need to start thinking about using a donor. So this is basically a lovely person that's been through what you've been through, but she had eggs to spare. So rather than just chuck them in the bin, she's gone. Do you know what? If I can avoid another lady going through what I've been through, let's let's give them to someone else who needs them. And... Hence me. So we had, uh, so we had that. So day three, uh, they 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 put them in. Day five, um, if you can get them to that stage, that's called blastocyst stage. Now the chance of you having a baby from an IVF um, procedure on a five-day blastocyst is way higher. And there's all these letters and numbers that grade how good the embryos are. So you're pinning everything on the grade of these embryos at day three or day five. So they're either like a three, um, like a three A. Or there'll be like a five double a or a five a b or a six a a c or cc and the higher the letter in the alphabet the better the quality so um so we didn't unfortunately still didn't work on the first go and they just said that's just bad luck and um, second go with a blastocyst, we we conceived which was great um but then unfortunately at the three month scan they told me that the baby was too deformed and they gave us the decision then to what to do next so that 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 obviously ended in uh, in in a lot of heartache. So we had to make the decision to to terminate, which was really sad. And then time time number three um, is uh, Stuart a So yeah, so he's doing really well. But, and how yeah, and how I, yes, uh, many months pregnant are you now? I'm twenty two. Well, twenty one weeks. Twenty twenty one weeks tomorrow. That's so, amazing. Yeah, which is amazing. So five and a bit months. But um, there's a, if anybody's really interested in this sort of stuff, there's a fantastic um, documentary by the Welsh uh, presenter from The One Show, Alex Jones, and she actually goes into all the stories to do with with IVF. There's loads and loads of Instagram accounts. There's a very, very good one called um, Hopin underscore four underscore a underscore baby, who's gone through the, pretty much the same thing that I have. Um, and she's actually she's on instagram and she's using a donor as well um she's doing it a slightly different way to me um so uh so so yeah she's really good to look at as well but there's lots that people don't understand about ivf absolutely full-on so anybody that's actually going through it like i'm glad you asked about it but anybody who's actually going through it um yeah o- open for business i'm totally um up there to talk about it because i've anything that you you've been through with ivf i've done it we've done it me and my fellow, we've had everything poked and prodded and looked at and...
2: What's what your advice
4: for people who are
2: just about to start it or maybe they're thinking, oh, we're struggling, we might have to start well, looking into this,
4: or even people who are like halfway through it and not, and not getting any success? Lots of people say the wrong thing when you're going through IVF. Like, lots of people say, just relax, like, so-and-so down the road, they went on holiday and they were trying for ages and then, whoops, they had a baby, and you go, that's lovely. That's great. That's not going to ever happen for me. Mm. And then another one is uh is like, "Oh, it just takes one egg." Mm. Well, for me it fucking didn't because my eggs were shit. So it doesn't just take one egg. Yeah. Um other things like, "Oh, um so and so, they they just they just stopped drinking and uh, and they they lost weight and then they caught straight away or they'll say, "Oh, they tried out they tried IVF lots." But it's always coming from a place of love. People are trying to help yeah. you. So my advice would be, to everyone that's going through it just little steps little just look for the next step whatever the next step is you just you just go right that's the next thing so if it's right let's just do one more one more day of injections let's get the injections then do the transfer let's get through the transfer oh look we've got some eggs right let's just let's just see how many fertilized just keep going each little tiny little step because each little step you go even if it doesn't work and this is something that my husband kept saying to me and actually looking back was the best fucking advice ever. Every moment that we got that little bit further each time that, that we, we did a different me- mechanism or a different technique or we used a smaller catheter or whatever, it was one step towards where we are now. And fingers crossed fucking hell, everything goes okay. But um, but yeah, just just keep looking, little tiny steps. Don't think about your end goal which is really hard to do because that could be two, three years off, as in our case. And if you told me at the beginning this is going to take three fucking years before you might even have a chance of having a baby, yeah. um, then I, God knows, Whereas, you know, if you just think right, let's just get to the next little bit, just keep going because there's everybody's got hope. I'm a fucking walking proof of it at the moment. So, so yeah. Yo, yeah, so we've got a gadget. <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to you all. I've learned a few things, not only about women of note, but about you lot. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to recover from knowing about candy shitting in a wine box. <laughs> 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 um, I really not worry, Please keep it up. I'm never will... ever going to forget that. No, never.
2: I will say I have to issue a formal like, retraction for Gadget. Last time, last episode, I perhaps insinuated that he really likes big titty porn <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually more of an ass man uh, but he was furious because <laughs> he said in in his podcast it was brought up and now it's becoming a thing that he really is into big tit porn which to be honest out of all the porns that you could be into it's not that offensive but uh, yeah he doesn't want to be known as the big tip porn guy he is not into big Tip porn that was entirely made up off the top of my head and uh he is the you know golden retriever of boyfriends that man <laughs> <laughs> he is, that's why it was funny <laughs> but yeah the retraction has been issued gadget can i please have all my pocket money back now please <laughs> formally taken
4: back formally taken pocket back can, can i
2: resume. be out can i can i be out of the
4: doghouse now please <laughs> We've got a bit of feedback from Cam, Cam. so Cam says, as, Cam, we love Cam. as I don't always, as I don't always register what I read, I did not realise until today that the podcast was only going to be six episodes, I do hope you are considering doing more episodes after the last one. I have truly enjoyed this podcast. One of the very few I actually bother to listen to. That's awesome. Oh, thank you to the awesome women in the group. Loved listening to you. Oh, thanks, Cam. You we love you. Oh, so lovely. Thank you, Cam. We've Maybe. We'll got... see if we can be bothered. <laughs> Candy's not ready to end. We've all. also got Nimrod Hicks. <laughs> Nimrod Hicks says, ashamedly, due to the Christmas period and built up being crunch in my line of work, I am behind on all my podcasts. And I've only so far listened to two episodes of Smash That Glass thus far. However, I have hugely enjoyed listening to your collective voice. And I sincerely hope you continue. If I was going to suggest someone to cover, then I would pro- proffer Miss Nina Simone, a sublime artist and person who has had a great influence on my life. Yeah. I recommend looking at Mississippi, Mississippi Goddamn and her vision of Dylan's classic, The Ballads of Hollis Brown, mm. just for starters.
0: Amazing voice. Mm.
4: And that's it for feedback. Thank you, everyone. It's been lovely reading. Yeah, thank the you idea. so thank much you for so the feedback. Much.
2: Thank you. And you would have had a historic woman, but unfortunately, I am incredible. I'm just very bad at my homework. And every episode we have recorded, I've started recording and then said, "Can I just have two minutes whilst I hastily write some notes?" After begging, <laughs> <So> <laughs> after begging for your own
1: section. <laughs>
2: After saying, oh, well, i not, I don't really, We're here I, I to can a do a this award, <laughs> uh,
1: Jupiter with Miss Diva of the season. Do we have any just askers?
4: Aye, aye. <laughs> so let's have a little look. So we have an anonymous. Um, so first room. Oh, we've actually got like a little timeline here. Background first. My girlfriend and I have been together since 2013, although it's a long distance relationship because we've never been able to afford our own place. She lives in Cornwall, I'm in the southwest of England, not far from Wales. Wales! We have discussed marriage several times. She knows I'm planning to propose when the time is right and has already said it's going to be a yes. Yay. My dad's dad passed away late last year and we've just had our offer to buy out his bungalow from the rest of the inheritors accepted. With the intention of selling our current house to move in there, it's much closer to work for all of us and there's no stairs to worry about for my sister who has a muscular disorder. We're going to renovate the place and put up what would effectively be a granny annex in the garden for me and my girlfriend to move into so we've got more independence from my parents and actually have our own space. The mortgage for the bungalow would be in my name because the terms come out much better that way due to my parents' ages, uh, Those, so I'm tied to it long term. That's not really an issue since I would own the place personally when my parents pass and we could always sell and move at that point. The thing is, my girlfriend suffers from quite serious anxiety. I think the fact that our offer has been accepted has made her panic and feel like this is all imminent and about to change suddenly although it's actually likely going to be months until anything happens that is very true it's very very slow after one conversation with her mum a week or so ago she's decided she doesn't want to move up here for the foreseeable future although i understand her concerns with regards to having lived mostly independently for the last few years and not having spent much time actually staying in the same place because we can only be together when we can book time off work I have a suspicion that the actual reason she's suddenly on edge about it is that she's talked to her mum specifically. Now, while she's a lovely woman, my girlfriend's mother moves between relationships like the puck on an ear hockey table. And she's a terrible barometer for relationship success. My girlfriend knows this and has tried to talk her out of the constant rebound several times, but she never listens. I'm worried that her bad experiences with trying to have partners move in with her are affecting my girlfriend's decision and I can't work out if there's a good way to bring this idea up. I have suggested that she talk to her dad for his perspective on it. Her parents are no longer together and he's in a stable long-term relationship and has children with his partner but I don't think being more direct about it is a good idea. I think she will probably come back around to it at a given time but do you think there's any polite way I can suggest that her mum's opinion might not be the best measure of how well this will work?
2: yeah oh, well, I would say first off, there's never a polite way to say that sometimes it's it's something that's just left unsaid unfortunately with if she goes to her mum for advice, they obviously have a relationship where she feels like she wants her mother's advice, or maybe she's just had a chat with her mum, and um you know she's gotten that but if you say that she often tries to talk her mum out of these decisions or these relationships or moving new boyfriends in she clearly has her head screwed on because she can see from an outside perspective what happens when you're being a bit rush and brash with relationships however you say you've been together since 2013 so that's quite a long time you know each other well and um you clearly know her very well I suppose I think you're right you know her better than anyone else she'll probably come around to it I think perhaps once you've bought the place, maybe once you've done the granny annex, she starts to see the place become more of a you know, tangible thing. Because at the moment, it's all just an idea in the head. She doesn't really know what it's gonna look like. So once you get going with doing it up and building this home and she starts to see it, she'll go, actually, that's feeling more and more like my home. And the more you involve her at her own pace and know that she's not rushed into it, Um, she'll probably come around to the idea a lot more now I think it's all just a big step and it's feeling like as soon as we buy the house I've suddenly got to move my life and live with you maybe once you buy the house you can say okay we'll just move in when you feel like the house is in a position that you're comfortable to live in it and we'll we'll just take your lead give her the power back because at the moment it's your house your family, your grandad's house it's all very much your world and not hers and she's expected to kind of step into it And that's a big ask for someone, especially if you've had a long distance relationship as well. And she's always been quite independent. So I would say just lead by example, create this home, however you see fit. And uh, at some point down the line, she'll see it and go, oh, I feel quite comfortable moving into that now. And it might be that, you know, once you start building the granny annex is when she feels comfortable moving in. Uh, Or it might be once you bought it and she comes around a couple of weekends here and there to help you decorate, that she starts to sort of see the home as her own. But um, right now, it's it's your granddad's house with your parents living in it. And in her head, she'll be living in a shed in the garden. That's quite a big ask to ask someone, especially if they're quite an anxious person anyway. So if you're saying you want her to not consider her mother's advice or rather not use her mum as, as a particularly good barometer, I don't think there's ever an easy way to say that. And I don't really think it's... um, it, You'd be putting yourself in a very precarious position to say that because no matter how you say it or how nicely you say it it will get back to the mother and the mother will say who do you think you are and then it ruins the relationship so maybe that's one of the things you just keep to yourself and you just leave by example and if her mother is as scatty as you say she is then you providing a, a stable safe dependable home is something that i you know personally for me i would want to go to rather than listening to the advice of someone who's always bed-hopping, <laughs> she's saying. <laughs> what do you guys think? I would agree. I would say,
0: when she starts coming round for a couple of weekends, get her to bring some of her own stuff down as well. Get her to choose mm. some throw pillows. You know, and some s- furniture. Some furniture, yeah, just her. so it's her, she feels like it's her home. You don't need to spell it out as such, but just suggest she brings some personal items down, just to make the place feel more homely. And I think Mm. it might take a little bit of time. I think if I was suddenly thrust into a situation that I had always planned and yet it's still happening right now, I would want to pump the brakes a little bit as well. And,
3: Mm.
0: you know, it's it's a massive change. You've been together seven years, but you've never lived together. That's a huge change. And she's moving away from her family. So just make it feel like home for her. Just have her over when you can at the weekends. Get her to do it up the way she would like. And then it slowly becomes her home too. It's it's not gonna happen overnight. It doesn't need to. You're in a stable relationship. You've been mm-hmm. together seven years. It doesn't matter if it doesn't happen overnight.
2: But it'll it'll happen. She's like a little um. And this is I promise you a flattering analogy. She's like a little stray cat, you know. And you'll just go. You wouldn't just go out, grab the cat, and pull him into your house and go. This is your home now. You would you know you would introduce yourself you would coax them in you would you know nice things happen when you're here and 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 like it's nice and warm and safe and comfortable and you can leave anytime you want and you can come in anytime you want and it starts to become a safe place and it's not a scary place and she's in control a lot of the time people who have anxiety is a, a fear of a lack of control and so yeah if she's moving into your world and leaving her own behind it's a lack of control that she's probably uh, frightened of the most that's a good one. I've lived I've lived with a partner with his parents, and my God, that was horrific. Personally, I wouldn't do it, but I'm sure your parents are lovely. <laughs> and they're probably very nice and well-behaved and respectful of privacy and boundaries <laughs> and things. But I've done it, and it is hard work, especially when they're not your family, so they do things differently to what you would do. It's, it's, it is hard work sometimes. So just be mindful <laughs> that you're asking a lot of her. Be patient and let it go on her terms a little bit. Oh.
4: Uh, Next one, this year will be my 12th anniversary with my wife. I really want to do something great for her and special, but I'm a man and I want it to lead to sexy time. (laughs) What event plan could I do that would lead to her jumping on me? A trip, a holiday or a gift? What would persuade you guys? And he's put, that's a genuine question. (laughs) Haha, is it appropriate? Well, oh, it doesn't matter at this point, does it? We are the inappropriate
0: cast. What would make me immediately want to jump the bones of somebody I've been with for 12 years? I can't say because I have never been with anyone for 12 years.
2: I've pretty much just a warm body and I'm happy.
4: <laughs> well, maybe not, maybe not drugs. Maybe not drugs. In-house. Like, effort in the house. Yeah. And then... be like, oh, nice tidy house, this is nice. And I wouldn't instantly think that means that they want something. I just think, oh, that's a lovely gesture. Nice clean house when you come in from work. And then a surprise of some description, maybe like nothing big, maybe like a little present, something really thoughtful from like, that reminds you of when you first got together. Like something, something from like one of the first times you were away together completely on your own. Something that reminds you of that, like maybe just a, a night booked away for uh for for the first place that you went away together on your own and then you go there and then yeah that, that's what that yeah that would be nice
0: well, well,
4: yeah. <laughs> it would be like a,
0: either a night or a or a weekend away in a nice hotel with a good cocktail bar mm. nice clean sheets if we're talking sexy terms i think that would do it for me preferably a spa hotel because then you're already in your uh dressing gowns aren't you or a cute
1: little cabin and but if yeah. you've gone there you've first found... like make a, a cheeky little surprise maybe there's some cute shit going on got me <laughs> i think
2: i think we have to come up with some ideas that are like budget friendly as well because uh although it'd be nice to go away for a night or two but not uh, well you know, super night cat said with the tidy in the house and the little, yeah. little gift. yeah well so what i would say is um that you know 12 years is a long time and the fact that you are thinking, I want it to lead to this. The woman knows you. She knows you want it to lead to that. So remove that from your brain entirely and you will more likely get it if you don't make it so obvious that that's what you want. Um, I'm not one to talk because I think if we were Kanchet catch it and I, I think I'm probably more like the guy in the relationship and I'm usually able to persuade I'm him. I'm the guy too. <laughs> you may want to cut that. You may get mad. <laughs> but... um it's the mental load often so it's difficult for some women to kind of relax and and, and give over to some to to sexy times is it's hard for women to give over to that when they're thinking to themselves right I've got to do the school uniforms and I've got to do the laundries and I've got to get up for this and I've got to go do that their brain is so busy with the mental burden of everything if you alleviate that mental burden and then both go and have like a romantic meal or you get rid of the kids for a night um, and you know everything's off her plate and she's got nothing to sort of distract herself with you're more likely to get that because she will tr- truly feel relaxed you know making a nice meal and saying oh I put the wash I put a wash load on and I've made a nice meal and um, you know I've gotten rid of the kids for the night she's still gonna be sat there going but I've got to the uniforms and we've got sandwiches and I've got to do this and i got to go do that like it's just it's a lot so you know on the week leading up to it or a couple of days leading up to it just start removing things from that mental load um, it, it's not something that you can do in a day I think you need a couple of days leading up to go right i It's not because you want to have sex, it's because it's 12 years anniversary and you want to have a moment with your wife where you have a reconnection moment. And that doesn't have to be physical, if you're thinking about it as, I just want her to have a nice time with me, I want to spend time with her, I want to have undivided attention, and I want us to have, like, truly... um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a thoughtful time together. If you're thinking I want to do this so I can get something out of it, that's probably it's kind of a selfish way of looking at it. What does she want to get out of it? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's it's like it's like it's like you've got to do the school uniforms, you've got to do the laundry, you've got to do the packed lunch, and you've got to do perform your wifely duties as well. You're just adding to her workload. It. Whereas if it's more a case of I want to spend time with you because I enjoy your company, then sexy time is an expression of that. That makes sense
1: Yeah. Also,
0: also chocolate body, body paint. <laughs> <laughs> and candy pants. And make a candy fuss pants. of
1: her. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect yeah. us are gonna <laughs> be Claire, She's gonna beautiful.
4: Be she's a queen. She's the princess she deserves to be. <laughs>
1: Like let her know
2: that having a kiss and a cuddle doesn't have to lead to sex. She's more likely to kiss and cuddle you, but if she constantly feels like she's always having to dodge your advances a little bit because she's knackered, she's not going to give you the kisses and cuddles because she's going to think it's going to lead to sex. So, um, you know, some some people just are just too busy. They just don't want it. You know, uh, it may be that she does want it, but she's just like, you know, it takes a while for her to get in the mood. So, yeah, you got to You got to This isn't something that you can just get done in a day any
0: more that is it that is it and for the last time then in that case it has been a podcast thank you all of you from the absolute bottom of my heart to my hosts and to our listeners for joining us on a little adventure thank you so much to everyone i really appreciate it and just thank you for being awesome and going beyond what i could have possibly hoped and dreamed for the podcast it's been amazing thank you so much you smashed that glass <laughs> yes. we've all smashed that glass the glass yeah. has officially been smashed and with that bye, bye.
1: bye. bye.
3: did it lads